Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. We're continuing our study in protology and eschatology. That is, studying the early chapters of Genesis to see a preview of last things, or eschatology. And today we're looking at the reality of the ark and the flood. Now, this may come as a surprise to some of you listeners, but a large portion of Scripture scholars do not believe in a literal ark and flood. They are very happy to keep it as something as a children's Bible story, keep it in Sunday school classes and catechism classes, but bottom line, they believe it's a myth. And many other scholars even though they might believe in it, are somewhat embarrassed by early Genesis because there's a certain fraternity of Scripture scholars, and you don't want to appear too far out of line with the, quote, mainline view that the early chapters of Genesis are myth, and there's no such thing as a literal ark and a flood. Now, there are huge consequences that come from this. There are huge consequences that come from those homilists and preachers and teachers and scripture scholars who never mention the flood or don't teach it in a way that they treat it as real. And here's why. The reality of the ark and the flood are stark reminders and a warning of the reality of the second coming. They're connected. Jesus connected the flood with the judgment of the second coming. Our first pope, St. Peter, did the exact same thing. Jesus said in Matthew 24, as were the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. If we don't believe the days of Noah, well, second coming, maybe that's myth too. Second Peter, the epistle, chapter 3, is vital for really understanding eschatology and protology's relationship to eschatology. I'm just going to read you a portion of this chapter. We're going to be hitting it several times before we leave our studies in early Genesis. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 3. First of all, you must understand this, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own passions. You see, a person's morality affects their theology. Following their own passions and saying, where is the promise of his coming, the second coming? They deliberately ignore this fact, that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago, Genesis 1 and 2, through which the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. The earth, as it was initially created, changed radically. And by the same word, the heavens and the earth that now exist have been stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. This was a worldwide judgment on the population of humans throughout the earth. And the second coming will be the same. Those who aren't in Christ will have the fire of judgment at the second coming. This is the ultimate serious stuff, 
and we're to pay attention to it. St. Peter goes on, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and the heavens will pass away with a loud noise. And he concludes, since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of persons ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? You see, studying eschatology, biblical prophecy, the second coming of Christ, is to be a motivator, not the only motivator, but a motivator to live lives of holiness and godliness. If this falls out of catechesis, something vital is missing. And and he goes on, he says, but according to his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. And we're going to hit this in, in future episodes, but basically coming out of the ark into the new earth, the changed earth, is a preview of the coming new heavens and new earth. But the point is that Peter connects these two, and he says in the last days there's going to be scoffing about the second coming, and the root of their error is going to be traced back to denying the fact of the first worldwide judgment, namely the flood. And Noah's Ark and the flood, if that's myth, kind of a logical conclusion that, well, maybe the second coming is a myth too. You won't want to go down there. So any case, I've assembled some very, very interesting citations from the ancient world about the reality of the Ark and the flood. This first one, is from the first century historian Josephus, very, very uh, critical historian for understanding the world, the time of the destruction of Jerusalem predicted by Jesus, all this in the first century. And here's what Josephus said, quote, the remains of the ark, wherein it is related that Noah escaped the deluge and where they are still shown are as many are desirous to see them. The Armenians call this place the place of descent. For the ark, being saved in that place, its remains are showed there by the inhabitants to this day. So as of the first century, the historian Josephus says, yeah, this is real because the remains are still available for people to visit. This is from Bishop Theophilus of Antioch, Antioch being very near Israel, and he lived from A.D. 115 to A.D. 181. So again, this is the very early, early church, and this is from a chapter entitled The Accurate Account of the Deluge. And it says, those who were protected in the ark were saved, and these, we have already said, were eight, and the ark The remains are to this day to be seen in the Arabian mountains, unquote. So again, let's say, I don't know exactly when this particular writing of his, but it would be somewhere around 150 AD, very early in church history. And remember, that was centuries before that the flood took place. This is from Hippolytus, who we are actually going to study because he was one of the first to actually write comprehensively on biblical prophecy and about the Antichrist and a commentary on the prophet Daniel in the entire history of the church. 
And this is what he wrote, and he lived between 170 and 236. Quote, And in Noah's time, there occurred a flood throughout the entire world, and Noah owed his preservation to an ark. Both the dimensions and relics of this ark are, as we have explained, shown to this day in the mountains called Ararat, unquote. I don't know if that strikes you at all, but those who I'm quoting from are either historians, bishops, church fathers of the earliest Catholic church writing on the existence of the ark in the first century. Now let's move forward a little bit to the fourth century, and now we go to a church father and doctor of the church, one of my great heroes, St. John Chrysostom. And this is his homily from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And Chrysostom writes, quote, Because they did not believe the threat in words, they suffered the punishment in very deed. And this will be our fate too. For if we shall not have believed on this account, it is he, that's Jesus, compares his coming with the days of Noah. Because as some disbelieved in that deluge, so will they disbelieve in the deluge of hell. Do you then believe that the deluge took place? Or does it seem to you a fable? And yet, even the mountains where the ark rested bear witness, I speak of those in Armenia. In other words, there were still relics bearing witness to Noah, the ark, and the flood in the fourth century. And one of the greatest doctors of the church, St. John Chrysostom, is comparing, this is basically my premise in this episode, that protology and eschatology are connected. And Jesus, very specifically, along with St. Peter, our first pope, connects these two things. And basically, the scoffers, the doubters, those who were walk blind into the second coming judgment will be doubting based on the fact that the warning that the flood provided that, yes, God's serious when he calls people to repentance. He has mercy upon all those who call to him. But who has time to call to him when you're swiping on your phone and rushing in your car to someplace or in a hurry to buy something online? We're just dizzy with everything going on, and we have to realize that history has a future that's been clearly predicted, and God in his grace has given us a warning through the flood of Noah of what happens when a world neglects to repent. It also gives us a picture of God's mercy and salvation. And even though you go through a flood, there's salvation. Even though you go through the fire at the end of the world, there's salvation. But we need to grasp the reality of this. And unfortunately, many theology professors, many scripture scholars uh, doubt and will verbalize their doubts, saying this whole thing about the ark and the flood and Noah is just a children's myth. 
and others, fearing perhaps that there's some people around that still believe their Bibles, will just keep quiet. And keeping quiet is not fair and it's unjust because God felt so critically important to have the flood occur as a warning for those at the end of time. And this was from the very lips of Jesus and our first pope, and yet so much of our world just thinks all this is religious myth following some of their unbelieving theologians. I'd just like to cite one thing, uh, reports of the ark in contemporary history. This is something I found very fascinating. But uh, in 1995, there was a meeting in the White House with Robert Gates, who was the National Security Advisor, showed a photo of Mount Ararat to President Bush, and it revealed an image sticking out of the snow and ice. And this was a highly classified document because, you know, the Russians control areas on the other side of the mountain, Mount Ararat. But in 2002, the CIA released, uh, released the photo. It's available. Um, also, there has been other high-resolution photos, and if you're interested, I have the longitude and latitude of what they saw. I'm not saying it's the Ark, but the White House thought it was interesting enough that they released it in 2002. So the Ark is real, and the future judgment is real, and the Ark to get through the future judgment is the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 226 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at luke21.com.